0: It's that Rock Hill City coma shit. we've been out here for a while now, I guess you get complacent on the way, the way to the top, but that's when we sit back and remember them days where, this is for all of my homies who died on the way to the top, this one goes out to my city, I told you we make it this far.
1: So this is part two of episode 16. If you guys listened on Tuesday, we had uh, Smitty and Barstool Fran both on, uh, talking about the Rappaport situation, Smitty's win, the Eagles, all that. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. All right, so now we got Jordy Barstool uh, on the show. Jordy, how you doing, man?
2: Uh, doing well, man. Thanks uh, Thanks a lot for having me on here, boys.
1: Yeah, no problem. Good to see the uh, the Flyers get a little dub over the Rangers. Love to see that.
2: Dude, seven Genos, one game for the Flyers. That's uh. Can't complain with that on the Sunday show. That doesn't for happen. Sure.
1: And Brandon Manning and McDonald scoring in the same game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre world for sure. That shit
1: doesn't happen. Yeah, man. So, uh, so tell me about the new show. How's the Crease Dive doing? I've been listening. I love it. Uh, obviously, being a lacrosse guy, it's, it's great to hear you getting your own show.
2: Yeah, uh, so, I mean, if anyone doesn't know, I uh, started up a lacrosse podcast for this season called The Crease Dive. It's uh, me and my boy, Robbie O, who, uh, who's done some production work with Barstool before. So, uh, you know, both former college lacrosse players. Um, you know, for, for all of us Lax fans out there, I mean, it's it's, it's a tough world to live in. There's not, you know, yep. a ton of, you know, the, the game doesn't get a ton of love in the media. Um, you know, there's, there's like lacrosse centric websites, like inside lacrosse that obviously, you know, focus on the game. But as far as like, you know, bigger outlets, like a, like an outlet, like Barstool, you know, I figured that it was, uh, you know, it was time to kind of give the, uh, give, give the game a little bit of love there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. It's going to blow up, man. You guys are doing a great job, but, um, but yeah, so tell me a little bit about playing at Urshinus. I know, I know a couple of buddies that play there now, actually one of my friends covered you in the alumni game, which is pretty cool. But, uh, tell me about your journey out there.
2: Yeah, so I was a, uh, you know, I was a D3 by choice kind of guy. Same. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, I think, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing college lacrosse is, I mean, it's an awesome experience. I mean, for a guy who's, you know, a 5'8 white guy who <laughs> yeah. you know, realistically not the most athletic guy in the world, you know, being able to play uh, college sport was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, as far as my playing time goes, there, you know, it. I wasn't anything special. I was a great, uh, you know, I like to think of myself as, you know, probably one of the better teammates anybody right. could ever ask for. Cool. Um, you know, just a great blue guy, guy who shows up to practice, stays gritty, stays after it, keeps oh. the boys going.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, we played in the same area. I started off a, up at Kane in North Jersey and then um, ended up transferring down to play in Florida. But that being said, how bad did you hate playing in the snow? Because I literally despised it, man. Playing in the snow pissed me off.
2: Yeah, I mean, playing in the snow is one thing, but, uh, you know, as as my time at our sinus went, you know, we, we started bringing in a few more lefty attackmen who uh, jumped me on the depth chart. So playing in the snow is one thing, but being on the sideline for a whole game in the snow is, uh, it's definitely brutal. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, you load up on the, uh, you know, you load up on the rubber gloves and yep. you survive and you, you get through it. But it's, the yeah. fact that the cross starts in February when there's, you know, feet of snow in, in most places is, it's bizarre.
1: Yeah, no, it is. You got to get uh, get pumped up for goals because that's your only time you get to move. <laughs> when you're oh, yeah, yeah. High, I mean, get fired yeah, up for if, the if your team's
2: going through a drought in the game and, you know, someone finally pops off, you're, like, frozen out. So you, like, try to jump and all of a sudden <laughs> your body's not working
1: anymore. Exactly, man, exactly. So tell me what you think about the wings coming back. Obviously, you made a bunch of videos. You were big on on the wings, like you didn't want them to leave. They're coming back. The brand's changing. The colors are changing. How do you feel about that whole thing?
2: Yes, as far as like the logo change, the color change, and everything, I, I kind of understand that it's a new ownership group, right. so they didn't really, you know, they didn't want people to think that it's just the same exact team, even though they're keeping the name. If they didn't keep the name, I think people would riot. Yeah. So they, they were yeah. they were smart to go with that. Um, I mean, for anyone who grew up in the Philly area who has, you know, while the Wings were here, I mean, that going to those games is an experience, man. I mean. I feel like the majority of people, at least around our age, probably got, you know, one of their first few underage drinking experiences <laughs> in, in the parking lot for a Wings game. So, I mean, it, it holds a lot of great memories for people. I'm excited that there's going to be a new generation of degenerates who can grow up with them. So, um, I mean, the games are incredible. It's just it's just a bunch of guys just getting after it, just scoring ridiculous goals. Oh, yeah. fighting. It's it's incredible. Yeah,
1: we should put together like a tailgate or something for uh, through Barcelona. I think that'd be cool.
2: Oh, absolutely. That shit would get out of hand so quick, and I would love every second of it. <laughs>
1: that would be awesome. So tell me a little bit, um, just changing gears a little, obviously you're a huge Flyers guy. You and I have been going back and forth on Twitter about the Flyers forever. Um, tell me about your trip out to Vegas. You got to see them play Golden Knights in Vegas. What was that like?
2: Yeah, so that was that was my first time in Vegas ever, so I oh. figured uh, you know, Flyers making their first trip out there would be a good time to pop my own Vegas cherry. Uh, but dude, I'll, I'll be on it like shout out to the vegas golden knights fans i mean it's got to be tough for them a little bit because i feel like every single home game that they have is at least a 50 50 split yeah uh you know with a with a weight team fan going over there uh i mean philly fans came in like i there were i would say at least 1500 wow. flyers fans there maybe maybe more um uh, but i mean the the stadium's awesome the experience there is awesome and and obviously the flyers getting a win out there one of the only teams that have been able to win oh, yeah. in vegas was was awesome so it really uh kind of capped off the trip but uh, yeah i mean i guess i got to get a little bit better at blackjack so i didn't leave uh, <laughs> vegas with, with really anything besides uh, but a but a win well, you know I'll I'll, I'll I'll take a win with the flyers over a win on the tables that day
1: i like that so the stadium was pretty full though i mean besides like our fans there were actually some knights fans there
2: Yeah, I mean, and like you know, outside the stadium before the game, there's a ton of bars out there. I mean, the the vibe there is awesome. So it's uh, you know, it's it's in the desert, so it doesn't make sense that it would be a hockey town. But they, you know, they come out for their team. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully those fans stay though with the Golden Knights by by the time that the Raiders get there. I I hope that you know they don't take away too much from it because you know the if if you're a, a hockey fan, I would highly suggest taking a trip out there when your team does.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds like a good time. But I know exactly what you're saying about the the kind of away home game thing. Uh Florida Panthers were 15 minutes from my school, and we'd go there. That was when Yoggs was on the team and uh man, it, it was weird at times like hearing, you know, the away team score and so many fans cheering, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, by by the time that uh, you know, the, the Flyers got an empty netter there with like 3 minutes left in the game or something okay. and you just see like a, a you know mass exodus of Vegas Golden Knights fans getting out of there. Yeah. So like every Golden Knights fan was out of there. The stadium was still at least half packed with all orange. That was, uh, it was a awesome. good time. I mean, good, good moment for Flyers fans.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Philly sports fan. Obviously, we just had the Birds. Tell me a little bit about that. I know you were out in Philly, out and about during the uh, during the parade and everything. Tell me about that.
2: I mean, what I just what a fucking week it's been. A, a yeah. couple weeks, man. Oh, yeah. I mean um i mean you just you walk around philly and you know if you're from the area you kind of understand you you walk around people are usually a little bit pissed off you know no one's ever like going out of their way to be friendly to you during the that run that the eagles went on i mean you're walking through the city you've got people high five and all you see anybody in green you know people it's just go birds this go birds that yeah um so i mean the the entire feel of the city was like something that it's never been before i mean it was like like, everybody was friendly. Everybody was happy. So, I mean, the, the parade was absolutely absurd. I mean, i the the city was packed. Yep. Packed full by, like, 5 in the morning. Maybe. It was and insane. The parade, the parade probably didn't start until about 11. So, I mean, people were, like, just camped out for it. So, it's – I mean, but it, it means a ton to so many people. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just, like, generations of fans who have been dying for that moment. So, it's, it's definitely been a nice little run that – philly sports have been on i'm still a little concerned that it's been too good for us so i don't know (laughs) what's waiting around the corner but now that we finally got a championship out of the way with the eagles it's that kind of negative that negadelphia kind of attitude's (laughs) going away a little bit
1: i completely agree man yeah let's keep riding this wave but um but yeah everyone go check out the crease dive jordy thanks so much for coming on man great talking to you
2: absolutely appreciate it boys
1: all right take it easy man take care all right All right, so now on the Never Graduate show, we have Chris Buxton, one of my good friends, and he is absolutely killing it in the music game right now. Chris, how are you doing, man?
3: Good, good, good. What's going on, everyone?
1: Not much, man. Not much. Um, all right, so just basically tell me how you got started in music. How did it kind of all come together?
3: Well, I, originally, I come from a very, like, musically, I, I come from a big music family. My cousins have sang with, like, um, artists such as Harry Belafonte, and so, like, the music roots have always been within my family. So me getting started and linking up with my cousin really like, um, like kind of just started that dream like around when I was like 14 years old. So
1: that's awesome. When did you, uh, when did you put out your first like single or, or track?
3: Uh, this is funny. My first track came out when I was 15. It was like a joke track because I was playing soccer mm-hmm. at the time. And my whole focus at the point, at that point in my life was just to
1: right.
3: be a collegiate soccer player. So I just put out a single called sure thing. And it was just for, like, all my friends at, like, high school just to have something to jam to. But it was nothing, any, anything really serious.
1: That's awesome, man. So did you end up going to college and playing?
3: Yeah, I played one year at Queen's University of Charlotte.
1: No way. Um, yeah. We played them in lacrosse.
3: Oh, cool, cool, that's, cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's wild, man. But, yeah, so so talk about kind of being, like, you know, being a, a rapper, artist, or whatever you associate yourself with from the Carolinas. Not really the general area you hear I guess hip hop or whatever you would say your sound is coming from.
3: It it does def it is definitely hard coming out of the Carolinas mm-hmm. because like the number one genre of music I would say down here would be like country music. Yeah. And so like being a rapper, there's always like that stigma that like, hey, like this dude's really not doing anything with his life or anything. So right. I just kind of just like put all that kind of stuff behind me and was just kind of just like, Hey, why can't I not be the first one out of here? You know what I mean? That's
1: right, man. That's right. And, that, and that's one thing, the positivity in your music is something that resonates with me and a lot of your listeners. Um, so from that, like, obviously, you, you get inspired from your music to help inspire other people. But how much does like, you know, you rap about California a lot and all that. Does that like kind of inspire you the most or what's your main source for that?
3: Um, when it comes to the music, most of my music is like based off of like, like early 2000 TV show dramas like 90210 right. like 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 most of the TV shows i grew up watching and then partially like i come from the suburbs but like a lot of like where i live in the suburbs we're like a lot of people live on the lake so we kind of have like that vibe where we're, like ah. we're near the coast close enough to the coast where we kind of have that california-ish type like lifestyle out here right right and at the and then at the same time like when i visited california like it was just amazing and i can like i really can't describe what it like taught me and showed me out
1: there so that's awesome man that's awesome so how'd uh, how'd you get linked up with skizzy mars i see you guys tweeting at each other and whatnot how'd that whole thing come together
3: it was weird um i made a song called the oc which was based off the television oh, yeah. show the first, OC. first song
1: first song i ever heard of you i heard <laughs> it came up on my spotify uh <laughs> that's how i found you bro anyway keep going that's crazy keep going
3: that's crazy but yeah, I, I released the OC. Actually, I wasn't going to release the OC. My manager, me and my manager, Ryan, were like on the fence about it. We were like, uh, is this what we need to do at the time? And we just came to consensus like, you know what? Who cares? Like, forget yeah. it. Let's just throw it out there. And like a week later, we get contact from one of Skizzy's boys, Shwai, who's like his like photographer and videographer. And he's done work with Logic. And he like yeah. reposted it. He reposted it on SoundCloud. And I was like, oh, God, what's going on? And then one of the boys from his team contacted me and was like, what's up, man? Really messing with this song. And the next day, mm-hmm. Skizzy, Skizzy hit, me, hit my phone number and was just like, hey, man, Like, really like where you're going and really would like you to be part of this collective that I'm starting. And I was just like, it's one of those situations where I couldn't turn it down.
1: Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean,
3: he's yeah. <laughs> he's one of the artists I've been listening to since like I was in high school. So it was like crazy, crazy moment.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think you guys... And like obviously your sound's super unique, but I feel like you guys have like a very similar message, like what you guys rap about. And also like your sound does cross over at some points for sure. So that's really cool. Oh, for sure. I would love to hear you guys hey. on a song together. That'd be awesome. Oh, of
3: course. But um all right. Hopefully so, sometime in the future.
1: Hell yeah. I, I can't imagine that won't happen. Um, so tell me about Dreams. Your newest single. I've been freaking repping reppin the shit out of it in the gym. I love that song. That's what's up. Tell me about, that's what's up. tell me about the inspiration for that. Is that a true story? Is that like tell me about it? oh
3: dreams is kind of like i based that off of my like trip to la like when i went to la right. like i thought la was going to be like this like i said like this place of just like where dreamers go and stuff and when i got out there i f- i was super lonely you know like i i knew I had, a, I had a lot of friends out there for sure that are other artists as well but i just felt super lonely and i was saying to myself the whole time out there like do you really want this and i and i and i back home my girl like I'm in a relationship at the moment yeah she was back at home and it was like oh it was hard because like I wanted to be with her but then I came to like I came to myself and I was just like you know what like do you want this dream and if so is she willing to like put what she has aside to like really push that dream for you that's awesome. and and that's what the that's what the basically like the song's about is just like do you want me to be successful or do you want me to stay home and just not follow my dreams right now you I'm putting the ball in her court basically. And that's where like where that's why the song was a little bit more aggressive, a little right. bit more passionate. Because right. it was like it was about real stuff. Like, I mean, I think everyone has those times in their life where like like especially I, I'm pretty sure you do, where you want to like expand whatever you're doing. And Hell it's like yeah. you gotta make sure everyone around you is down with expanding it what at whatever cost. Like you can't like have yourself have people that are holding you back.
2: Yeah.
1: And
3: that's and that's what the meaning of that song is is like. Even how no matter how much I love this person like I can't have anyone holding me back at this point in time It's go time, you know,
1: dude, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's I figured that was real You know a lot of time like rappers will make songs about like hypothetical this (coughs) fake that but that song felt real Like listening to that like it felt real. So yeah, for sure. So obviously that just came out. It's it's everywhere You're killing it with that. What's coming up next? What's next for Chris Buxton?
3: Yeah, um, we have this new track dropping in literally two weeks, and it's coming with a music video as well, shot by my friend Chandler, like Hol- uh, Chandler, and he's part of this uh, clothing brand, Hold True. That's going to be dropping the first, either the first or second week of March. Very, very fresh record. It's very, it's, it's, it's nothing like I've done before. And then after that, we're releasing. We have another song releasing after that in March um after march and um april i mean and then after that we have another song in may we're just trying to keep product coming out all the time we have lots of videos coming we have two videos coming out in april one in march and just we're just really just trying to push hard as we can this year
1: i love it man that's awesome we gotta get you up to philly or new jersey gotta get you in studio
3: oh shout out to the birds man yeah man win the super bowl
1: oh yeah we're so pumped i was just saying to the guys like it just feels like a natural high around here like it's just been amazing man
3: it was well deserved. Well deserved, you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm about done with Brady at this point in my <laughs> yeah. life. So I was really happy to see the Eagles win.
1: Yeah, man, I love it. I appreciate it, man. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, go ahead, plug your uh, social medias. Where can people find you at?
3: Um, if you need to find me on Twitter, it's Chris Buxton LG. Same for Instagram. Um, I'm on Spotify under Chris Buxton as well. I'm on all streaming services, and I hope you guys are tuning in for the new music that's going to be dropping very soon. Thank you for having me. Shout out Tyler Martin. Shout out to Nevergrad Pod and shout out to Barstool.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon, all right? All right, see you. All right, take it easy. We got one-man Thrill Ride on the show today. Thrill Ride, how you doing, man?
4: Thrill Ride here.
1: Dude, I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? I'm better than you because the Eagles won the Super Bowl and I know you're a Pats fan.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. Good for you, though. Feel, Good for you. One championship. Go yeah, ahead. I,
1: I, I can't lie. It's, it's been pretty electric in the whole the city and the whole surrounding area. Um, it's almost been like a, a, a natural high since we won. But I'll tell you what, um, I'm scared of shit for next year because I have a feeling that it's going to be you guys again.
4: Yeah, well, you know what? I hope you lubed up all the light poles with Crisco because <laughs> next year, tv 12 is going to deliver the Gronking to remember in a rematch. So get ready for it.
1: I love it. Good luck.
3: One more and they'll be, uh, they'll be on Eli Manning's level. What do you think about that? <laughs>
4: that's, that's right.
3: Exactly. Eli,
1: did you guys see that video, my promo? Yeah, no, we that did. That was we, electric. We were watching that. Oh, that was great. I have a question for you. So how did you get, how'd you get started in the whole, all right, I go to the gym, obviously. like That's like your thing. But what made you go, all right, I'm going to spread this to the world. Like, I want everyone to see how fired up I get to go into the gym.
4: Yeah, so for me, I was, I'm a pro wrestler, so right. um, it all started when I was basically trying to, you know, promote myself and promote matches, and I was like, uh, I sort of was a throwback, right? So, like, when I went to wrestling school, you know, I, I came back, and I was doing it for fun. I was, like, 28 years old, okay. you know what I mean? I'm not a young kid. Right. So, um, you know, I came back to have fun. I kind of it was like an old-school type of, like, attitude era slash, like, 80s character. I love it. And uh, my promos were getting over and they said, hey, how about, and I told my buddy, I'm like, hey, how about I do a promo before my alumni baseball game? Because I played, you know, ball at school. And like, I think that'd be hilarious. I love it. Well, the video ended up on Barstool and it's close to a million views and everything. So that's kind of when it took off. And, you know, people just like the intensity. So, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how I am as a person. So (laughs) I love it. uh, I just took off from there, man.
1: So you played baseball in college. I played lacrosse in college. Does that mean you hate me?
4: Yeah. Do you, does that mean you pee sitting down? Probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, does that? <laughs> does that mean you have a trust fund? Ninety percent chance. Oh. No, that's kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, came no, from just a rich kidding. family. No, nah, But but seriously. So where'd you go to school?
4: So I went to Fitchburg. Went to a small, uh, it's a small. It's a D three program. It's Central Mass. We were we were competitive when when I was there. Uh, program was solid. We had a good coach. Was really professional. Um,
1: oh. That's awesome. But yeah,
4: not a, it's not like I was a D1 All American or anything like yeah, that.
1: I'm right there with you, man. I played D2, nothing crazy. Um, so, what pre workout do you take? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's got to like, be something fucking insane.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, depends. Depends what, uh, who's paying me at the time.
1: I love it. What are you <laughs> taking right now?
4: I'm actually not even doing pre workout right now. I pretty much just drink a black coffee. I'm, I'm trying to lose weight, so, getting rid of all sugar. I actually tore my pec like last week partially. So mm-hmm. I haven't been to the gym in a week. I'm making my return today. I'm going to do some biceps to make sure my body doesn't fall <laughs> apart.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, so when you were training Hank for the Rough and Rowdy, um, what, was, what was your biggest thing? Like, Were you more focused on him just kicking the shit out of text or were you more focused on getting him in the right mindset as far as just like going into a ring for the first time?
4: Dude, I'm a pretend pro wrestler. Nothing none of it was real. I mean I'm like I was I was uh you know, trying to get my lines out and be funny. You know what I mean? That right. was my goal. You know, Hank was really fighting, but that particular video was like all jokes. Okay. So I came up with some ideas. I'm like, you know, I'll you'll run around, I'll smash you with the boxing bag. You'll fall over. It'll be funny. I you, know, I, I'm, you know, I'm ripping off one-liners. They didn't air a bunch of my best jokes because they were all about the sexual misconduct stuff going on. Right. Like, I had, like, a Kevin Spacey. Oh. Dude, what's going on? Like, I made a Kevin oh, Spacey man. joke, a Harvey Weinstein joke, a Matt Lauer joke, like, back to back to back to back. Crushed it. And it didn't make it to the friggin' tape. I love so it. So are softer than puppy shit to not air that. But anyway, it wasn't <laughs> like it was offensive. It wasn't like I was complimenting rapists i was bashing bashing rapists and pedophiles
1: that's hilarious do you have the uncut version make the cut do you have the uncut version i don't Hank, hank's probably sitting on it hiding yeah we need to get that get that up
3: yeah if you get your hands on that send it over to us we'll put it on the show we have no we have no issues with that yep i love it all right so going back to the uh The uh, bicep workouts. Ty was telling us a little bit earlier that he tried one of yours one time, and it gave him some trouble. I was suffering, dude. He couldn't really handle it. I was suffering. Do you have like a toned down version, maybe, that he could try (laughs) in the near future? Maybe that would suit him.
4: Toned down version. I mean, for me, it's like I train. I train like kind of a '70s style bodybuilder. That's kind of how I like it now. I like it. Like I just do a ton of volume, so I'm gonna do 20 sets of whatever body part it is. You know,
1: that's Um, insane.
4: I think biceps is something you can train light. and do uh, less time in between sets. I think that's how you get a better pump and grow that way. But
1: I love it. What's I your, obviously
4: am joking about you know bashing and isolating biceps for 90 minutes. I don't spend more than 40 minutes on my biceps. You know,
1: <laughs> no, no more Quick, than 40. Small muscle group. <laughs> so but what's that, what's your favorite lift? Is it bench?
4: It used to be before I got hurt. All oh yeah, the time. right,
1: right. Yeah. I was
4: in uh, yeah. When I was in high school. I could do like 365. I love it, but, I love it, but I don't think I could do it now. My body would fall apart, but like, you know, back in my heyday, I could do, I'd rep. I could do sets of 10 with like three fifteen. That was probably my best exercise.
1: Okay. But I'm not,
4: uh, uh so, I'm not into lifting super heavy anymore. Makes, Every time I do, I get hurt.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. So do you wear sunglasses all the time? Like, are you wearing sunglasses right now? Oh yeah. I'm wearing sunglasses. No, I'm wearing, I actually I'm... don't.
4: My <laughs> wife doesn't let me wear sunglasses in the house. It's bullshit.
1: I was gonna ask you if you wore them when you got married. That'd be kind of cool.
4: I actually did. You know how we do? You do the walkouts and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I I cut a promo. I, I love. I came it. out and introduced my wife. So did this thrill ride.
1: So this all started before you got married.
4: Oh, yeah. I wasn't even dating my wife at the time.
1: Oh shit! I didn't realize that. How long is, how long has Throw Ride been around?
4: Uh, I think I was. Uh, it was 2013. Wow. So 2013 is when I came back.
1: So is, is wrestling kind of something that's in the past now? Like you turned a page on that, it's, it's over?
4: Um, I would say so, unless somebody moves the decimal point in the right place. I mean, right. for me, I had a tryout with WWE down in uh, Florida in June of 2015. They passed on me. Okay. They signed a couple of my buddies that are local. And from there, it was like, that's when I really started getting serious with my wife. And it was like, am I going to keep pushing this? I'm 30 years old. All right. They're not interested right now. I'm going to have to reinvent myself. It's like if I wasn't going to be the throw ride, like well, I didn't even want to be a pro wrestler. Right. I didn't want to be some regular jabroni and do like, the gimmick that they want me to do or go yeah. to Japan and all this stuff. Like, I was settling down with a wife. You know, I got a kid now. It's, I mean, I'm happy. To, I'd do it if like, somebody would pay me for it.
2: Right, right. If they did a
4: fake rough and rowdy, a rough and rowdy version with like, fake, um, fake wrestling, I would, I would do it.
1: Would you ever think about actually getting in a fight in the rough and rowdy? No, I wouldn't do that. That would be kind of awesome. But wait, so tell me, go a little bit more into a WWE uh, tryout. Like, what's that consist of? You kind of get in your persona and, and, like, act? Like, how's that work?
4: So it was a three-day tryout, and a lot of it was very physical. So the first two days was all basically working out, bumping, um, just, you know, traditional professional wrestling, like boot camp type thing. It's it's pretty legit, you know what I mean? You're surrounded by D1 All-Americans, like amateur wrestlers, guys who got recruited by WWE. It's like i was just a D3 baseball player, um, you know, who has an over-the-top, you know, gimmick. I was down there because of my character. So the third day was all was called promo day, where it's like you cut a promo, you do your character stuff. I did two promos. I thought they were the they were the best in the class. I got good feedback, but at the end of the day, I'm a five foot nine inch bodybuilder. I used to be a, you know, a D3 baseball player. Like guys that are my height are doing a lot of flips and crazy like acrobatic stuff in today's right. WWE. So I think at the end of the day, they, they passed just because of my age and, you know, just being a muscle bound dude. It, <laughs> the business has just changed so much. It's not as character driven as it was when I was a big fan, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that completely makes sense. Um, all right. So I come down here and then me and the boys come down and a lot of time on Sunday, we're, we're pretty hung over. We're tired. We're trying to get ourselves going. You think you could cut me something that I can listen to, to fire me up every single time I come down here to record?
4: Yeah, bro, you gotta stop being a limp-wristed beta male feminist. You're acting like a NARP, a non-athletic regular person. You need to grab the C4 and you need to pound it at a pretty ferocious pace because Sunday, fun day is about isolating your biceps for 90 minutes like a real athlete is supposed to. Turn it up a notch and bombard the biceps like an absolute savage. Cause thrilly dilly's hanging out, feeling silly, about to fill in your concave chest cavity that I could eat 17 bowls of of kicks on them, and it's unacceptable. And what I need you to do is, I need you to pimp it with buff swag. I need to see bicep curls, yup, barbell bicep curls, yup, dumbbell bicep
1: curls, yup, preach it to
4: me, Dink, and never stop pounding. See
1: ya, Dink. I fucking love it, man. Thank you so much.
4: Wait, wait. I got one more for you. Good. Okay. Do you ever use? Oh, we're not closing on that. No. Oh, wait.
1: We got something. Wait, wait. There.
4: Do you ever use your character to get through really monotonous activities? Like this is the best laundry I'm ever gonna do. Yes.
1: So that's what you do? I, no. Uh, she's. She's. I can't, she's, can't hear. I, no, you're good. You're good. She's saying like, do you do you ever use your character to get you through like your normal day? Like not when you're at the gym. Like I'm gonna do this laundry. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this fucking bed.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of the idea. So. We could probably talk about like promoting the stuff I'm doing. So like I'm doing a web series. If you go to absolutesavage. dot com, that's okay. kind of the formula for the web series, right? You follow me through my life, not me. Thrill ride the character. I love it. So we're that's something we're working on. Uh, my last video got it's like I got like thirty thousand views. It's an absolute effing conspiracy because <laughs> I think it's like the best fucking video I've ever done.
1: That's uh, awesome. Smash
4: and smoke. So you guys want to check that out on YouTube or AbsoluteSavage.com? We just launched launched a blog, so I'm trying to do this to make some more money. I actually am in a career transition. I was a outside B2B sales guy, and I resigned on Friday, moving into a marketing role. And I've launched this business, so I'm hoping that uh, you know AbsoluteSavage.com takes off, and I'm able to supplement my income and eventually do it full time.
1: I so, love it. So <clears> you, I you appreciate have, you guys having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. You have merch on there and, and stuff too, right? We saw the Thrilly Dilly shirts.
4: Well, we got the thrilly-dilly Bud Light parody. Bring on the cease and desist puppets. My attorneys are ready to rock and roll. It's called the parody clause. I am protected by copyright law. So if you want to come at thrilly-dilly, if you want to try to prevent me from giving me your money puppets, I am going to flip on shit because you lawyers, you all you do is ruin society with your... To justify your exorbitant fees, if one of you limp-wristed beta male feminists wants to prevent me from putting food on my family's table, I'm going to have to drop you on your head with the Savage Valley driver.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. All right, thanks for coming on, man. That was great. Thanks, guys. All right, take it easy. And that's it for part two of episode 16. Guys, as always, be sure to check us out at NeverGradPod on Instagram and Twitter. Call up our voicemail line, 267-819-2535, 267-819-2535. If you guys have anything good you want to hear us talk about, uh, react to, debate, anything like that. Um, also, be sure to check out all of our guests we had in, in the last uh, couple of, I guess, couple of episodes, this and the one before, the two parts. And uh, be sure to check out Chris Buxton. We're going to be playing him Talking out here California. with his new single, Dreams, and it's only up from here. Talking
0: California. Uh, We can take a trip, take a ride on the west side, we can take a trip, we can dream on the west side, west side, wait, California dreams turn to money, girl, I don't even know y'all, well, fell in love with love, then I went to sleep, yeah, that's when I lost y'all, look. California dreams turn to money, girl. I don't even know y'all. Look, I just wanna go. friends I just want to be the one you stay with can you put me in your playlist take my heart and then replace it yeah whoa she going shopping sprees she knows it's more than me but I'm so self see to think about more than me she like to think away